Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Machines podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And today, we are looking at the final part of Spark War. Spark War Part 3, The Siege. Oh, I saw this movie in 1998. It was about terrorists attacking New York. And Bruce <laughs> Willis is in that. Yay, Bruce Willis. Back when he was still mostly trying. <laughs> yeah. Was not yet reduced to appearing in DTV movies with 50 Cent. Wait, what? Yeah, he's been in a bunch of DTV movies with, yes, 50 Cent. Oh. Like, Why? at least more than one. That's weird. Strange. Right, paycheck's a paycheck. Yeah. Now I'm just stuck thinking about how a diehard movie where Bruce Willis teams up with 50 Cent would be... Ooh. Okay, maybe not as good as Die Hard 3, but still kind of amazing. I mean, I'd probably like it more than the one where he teamed up with, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the I'm a, I'm a Mac guy. Oh yeah, that was the fourth one? Justin Long. Justin Long, yeah. that was it. And yeah, that was the fourth one. The less said about it, the better. Although, I still like that bit one better than the fifth one. The fifth one just made less sense. And, and it was more action well, movie, but so Die Hard, Die Hard is not action movie. Like, he is not superhero. He's he's. Why am I switching into a Russian accent? Well, that uh, that fifth Die Hard movie does p- take place in Russia. Oh. <laughs> and yes, I will do this accent at the slightest provocation. Why? Why? That's not. I am, after all, one eighth Transylvanian. Uh. <laughs> all right. So oh, move along, my boy. I'll get to the episode. <laughs> So, I uh, guess this is Spark War Part 3, The Siege, first aired April 5th, 2000, uh, written by Stephen Melching, who wrote a whole bunch of, uh, Beast- well, this is his fourth Beast Machines episode, and uh, he has one more to go, and then he's going to write uh, 12 episodes of Transformers Prime. Dang. Oh. Yeah, and, he, uh, uh, we've, we've run into him before, and he has, yeah, done a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of Transformers. <laughs> And yeah, we open with, uh, yeah, a nice shot of that uh, Cybertronian moon again. So pretty. Also, it doesn't seem to be an actual model so much as just, I don't yeah. know, a matte painting sort it's, of thing. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, like the first time we saw it, I was convinced it was just like a flat 2D thing. I think it has some depth. I think it it's like a texture on, like a lozenge shape, because there's a little bit of change at the at the corners. Like, it rotates a little. Oh, okay. But, but it's still, oh, it's not, like, fully fleshed out. It's just, like, a texture on a thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, so Night Scream is there. They're, once again, troops in elaborate formation, uh, being ordered around by Obsidian and Stryka. And apparently the they're at the spaceport, and the big floating head is getting resupplied. Which uh, makes me wonder what... I mean, I assume it needs fuel, but, uh, like, spare parts... Also, does that, is it just, is it getting resupplied from storage at the spaceport, or is it getting resupplied from, like, off-world shipments? 
Ooh. I would assume stuff on the planet because I, I, the planet's infrastructure is mostly intact, and I guess probably a lot of it is automated or could be operated by drones. Yeah, yeah and I, it would be safe to assume that the spaceport would be a central place for it to, you know, that would be designed for that stuff to be shipped to and accumulated. Yes. It just wouldn't have to fly very far. Yeah, they could have a drone mining colony on the moon or if there's any nearby planets. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I think we've already put more thought into it oh, than the writer did. That's where the tank drones went. They're mining. Swap oh, a drill on where the gun I, is. I mean, I guess you could mine with those big, uh, big pitcher drones of theirs. Oh, what are the mole drones for, then? Yeah. Mole drones <laughs> in space. Well, I mean, the mole drones are doing that, and then I guess, like, the uh, tank drones are just using a bunch of pickaxes? Sure. Maybe they're the ones hauling the stuff that's been mined out. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, they the Maximals, uh, you know, Cheetor and Black Arachne and Night Scream are all there, and they're doing a pretty good job of not being seen by these Viacons, uh until Noble shows up again. Damn it, Noble. Just Bad walking man. up there like a big dumb dog. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, I finally noticed that, that Stryka is kind of a hunchback. Yeah, and she's also got like a super thin neck. Yeah. I, yes, I, I did see that. Her head is smaller than I remember, but it's like it just sticks out straight forward from near the top of her giant round upper torso. Is it obsidian likes them big? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Can oh, yeah. Up. So yeah, Noble just leads the drones right to him. Chudor says to get out of there. Uh, Night Scream tries to get Noble to come with them, even as Cheetor is, you know, kind of being a dick to him, but in an entirely justified fashion. Because Night Scream, you gotta leave your dog behind. You're killing us here. Yeah, they should just leave him behind. Leave Night Scream behind with him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it's good they don't in the end, but... Yeah, most yes. of the time, just leave Night Scream behind. Yeah. So yeah, they they escape. Noble comes with them, and they're they're just gonna have to keep him. Unfortunately, <laughs> gotta take him home. And with back them. at the base, yeah. And back at the base, Rat Trap has a plan to get into the big floating head, and it involves a giant horse. <laughs> sure. Well, you know why not? If you tried everything else. <laughs> This is kind of a dumb gag, even for this show, I have to admit. Yeah. Dumber than the bean vine. I would, uh... <laughs> I mean, I would say yes, because I would say, if it were a crazier character coming up with this plan, I would buy it. Uh, yeah. Like, if this was a waspinator plan, I would buy it. Yeah, it is a bit odd for Rat Trap, I guess. Also, I don't know, would they even know what horses are? <laughs> They were on prehistoric Earth for a while, so... Well, yeah, that's true. They have heard of Battle Unicorn, apparently. He was in the same toy line. Hey, and maybe uh, Mock Kick. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to remember the rooted hair and the creepy this, Nick thing. This lovely tail. <laughs> horrifying His toy. lovely brushable tail. So anyway, they, they do come up with an actual plan, which is that Cheetor, Nightscreen, Silverbolt are going to be a distraction, and then everybody else is going to infiltrate the big head and get the sparks out of there. And, and once again, Rat Trap has a, a collection of pogs. <laughs> he promises that they're going to work this time. 
Totally. I guarantee it. Do I guarantee it? I guarantee it. Absolutely going to work this time. Yes. And uh, in, a, in a nice little bit nonverbal cue here, Cheetor and Optimus basically tell Night Scream, you got to get that dog out of there. Yeah, and then Night Scream and has to do a Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. Get out of here. We don't want you anymore. Aww. Like, again, they should just leave Night Scream behind with them. <laughs> Would have made more sense. But no, he, uh, he goes full Lithgow, and he gets rid of him. I'm going to have to post that to our Facebook Not page. Not bad for a voice acting use of coughing. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, we cut back to the big head, and uh, we Thrust is being talked to by... Megatron, who starts off as, you know, a holographic protection of his big head, and then kind of flushes himself into a spark chamber. Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. It, the, the way that tri- it's like, I had assumed, like, the, the glowing head was just a projection, not like him, his spark floating around inside his giant head in just a head shape. There's a head in a head. Uh, weird. Well, things are about to get weirder because he he lights a couple of he's got the uh, the sparks in a big sparkquarium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Lets out a couple and then he eats them. Yeah. So he is some sort of weird spark vampire now. He will swallow your Apparently, soul. Apparently, that's what Oracle powers give you. Yep. Yeah, it's disturbing. He will eat your soul. In in a setting where souls like canonically go to this like afterlife, he will just devour yours. Yeah, this it's raises not good. questions. Not good. It, well, one is this the first? <laughs> is this the first fictional spark eater we've had? I think so. I believe so. Yes, I mean there was uh, bu- there we've had a couple of vampires who just drank fuel. Yeah, and we had the mechanicals who actually like physically eat people. Yeah, they just tear mechanical things apart. This well, is... there weren't there weren't officially like sparks until Beast Wars. This is true. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Rampage might have claimed that he was yeah, going to eat some that he sparks, did. but he We never actually saw him do it. Yeah. He never really had an opportunity. I thought he just claimed he ate people, not sparks. Oh, well, he also claimed he ate, like, fear. Rampage <laughs> said a lot of things. He might have just been a big edgelord. <laughs> he was full of shit. Might. <laughs> I mean, we don't know that he didn't eat people, but it's also possible that he didn't. Well, of the people we knew who were on Earth, which ones did he eat? Well, I mean, he just didn't get the chance. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, Megatron's getting bigger by... He's eating more of the same to extend his life. Also, he's He's old now. He's carbo-loading. Yes. And yes, he's he's like, he's, he's gold now. Yeah. Or orange-ish. He's a weird color, I guess, from eating people. You know, like, the thing that happens. Totally happens yeah, so, all the time. So this is yeah, his plan. Just a complete monster, you turn orange. <laughs> and, and he does this by sort of extending, like, energy tentacles out from him, and the, the spark just kind of comes apart. It's a, it's a neat-looking effect, and it is, like, distressing. Yeah. So, so this is his plan. His plan was get information from the Oracle of how to absorb other sparks. So his goal of being the one the one sentient thing on Cybertron takes a step further by becoming I'll di- I'll absorb every other sentient thing on Cybertron 
to become this one god emperor thing. Okay. There's got to be an easier way of saying that, but it doesn't come to mind yet. Also, why is that information even in the Oracle? Well, maybe he, like, reverse-engineered, like, how Primus made sparks in the first place? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe it just has a spark manipulation.jsp or something like that included <laughs> as a library. Warning, do not do this. Yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe it's, like, a step further from, like, how combiners work, where a bunch of sparks work together and combine their bodies to one thing. Only he's done it at the purely soul level, which is even more distressing. Anyway, even Thrust seems to be kind of unnerved by all this, which makes sense because it's terrifying. Yes, because he has a spark! Yes. I like how Megatron's reaction to Thrust noticing him doing this is just kind of like, initially embarrassed he's being caught binge (laughs) eating, but then just, what? (laughs) What? Are you going to judge me? You do it. Listen, they were in the fridge. They're going to go bad. I'm just being responsible. You can't eat just one. <laughs> it's not like they were yours. Yeah. I didn't see your name on them, Thrust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think ultimately Thrust is just afraid of getting eaten. Yes. Poor Dave. A typical fear for Waspinator. Yeah. All right, so... Back uh, back on the planet's surface, uh, the plan goes off seemingly without a hitch. The uh, Optimus' uh, team, which is Optimus, Rat Trap, um, who else is on there? Botanica? Black Rachnia. Okay, Optimus, Rat Trap, Black Rachnia, and uh, Botanica. They get on one of these transports, uh, whilst Night Scream, Silverbolt, and Shudor cause a distraction. Uh, they also use Rat Trap's pogs to give off false maximal signatures when they uh, plug them into a va- into a Viacon. So that helps, too. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Yeah, I mean, I hope nobody finds it on the remains of those drones that blew each other up and reverse-engineered or anything. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, unfortunately, that is literally exactly what happens. <laughs> well, they are the, uh, the Cybertron's... Best tactician slash thespians. And apparently, uh, Stryka is also like an engineering genius. Yeah, or a war scientist. Yeah, you know. Some, some STEM career. Yes. Yay! All the women are in STEM here. I like it. I mean, I guess uh, not Black Rachnia. Well, uh, one of them is literally a STEM. Oh. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, we saw Black Rachnia doing science stuff sometimes. Fair enough, fair enough. Oh, yeah, she did build that little submarine. Yeah, and she made that uh, flying boat thing. It looked like uh, one <laughs> of those uh, Jabba's skiffs. Yeah. So, yeah, they uh, so they find this and reverse engineer it, but it's too late because Primal and company are already on the head, and uh, Primal is uh, using his uh, mystical powers to find the sparks. His mystical powers of having the Oracle talking to him on his Bluetooth headset. Yes. It's hilarious. His eyes start... It's like, which way do we go? And then you just get this overmasked three, four-layer audio thing of just voices saying, this way. And then his eyes stop going, and he says, this way, and they walk. (laughs) It's like the parody of the show within the show. (laughs) Uh, 
So yeah, they they get attacked by Thrust and his uh, cycle drones. Thrust says, "We ride," because he is a cool dude. <laughs> and that's what you say when you're a cool dude. Yes, I mean, a cool dude who is literally a motorcycle. Yes, and also the once Striker reverse engineers these things, the the head detects them, and the uh, mysterious green lights in the background become mysterious red lights. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh no. That's a big change. Yeah. It's important. So they get through to the spark chamber, but unfortunately, uh, Megatron's giant, terrifying spark is there. And, you know, he's happy to see them because they get attacked with tentacles. Because this show is all about (laughs) tentacles. It is! Oh my god. It's so kinky. Using the spark extractor Doc Ock tentacles as bondage devices? Well, uh, restraints. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. They have a lot of pieces. So Megatron, he just starts eating these in front of the Maximals. Primal is extremely horrified. <laughs> yep. That Shug. makes sense. Yeah. Good acting from Gary Chalk there. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's definitely suitably, they're, they're selling how screwed up this is. Yes. So Megatron just opens up the Sparkquarium, and the sparks just start drifting into him. I'm into fitness. Fitting all these sparks into my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his spark gets so big from this that it actually rises out of the of the big head and starts shooting out energy beams to uh, extract the sparks from everybody on the planet. Yeah, all eight of them. <laughs> yes. Exciting. And all seems, you know, the... Maximals inside are having their sparks extracted. The Maximals outside are caught in these energy beams. Which also look like they're starting to extract their sparks. I think so. A little bit. I mean, those are the the same sort of energy beams that he used to eat those sparks. So maybe he's just going to eat it, like, while it's already inside the robots. Which is impressive. It's like eating the middle out of of an Oreo. Ooh. Mm. Cream. But luckily, there's somebody on the planet who doesn't have a spark, and that's Noble. Yay! It's Hey, it's it's really a good thing that they found him last episode then, huh? Sure is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, despite, uh, despite Night Scream's uh, John Lithgow impression, he's back. <laughs> and he, he blasts Megatron for a little bit, which doesn't really do anything. And in fact, he gets shot out of the sky and falls a long way. But this gives Night Scream time to blast Megatron Spark with his sonic weapon, which disrupts him somehow, question mark? Yeah, well, I... You know. It's, it's an odd series of events that it's like, how are we going to end this episode, kind of? It's like, Noble makes a noble sacrifice, which makes yeah. our little sonic youth so mad, he screams louder than he's ever screamed before, letting his emotions out. It, it's a little odd, but it works. Between between that and uh, him, like, defeating Stryka single-handedly last episode, I- I've really got to say his scream's a little overpowered. Yeah. Yeah. So Megatron just kind of disappears after puking up all these sparks. Yeah. I mean, after his, when visualization explodes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> his explanation of what he was doing was really sinister and kind of interesting from a lore standpoint, too, and I think we jumped past that. Yeah, where he was talking about becoming a oh, perfect it, being. Uh, fulfilling my destiny, Optimus Primal. Yes. Uniting every spark into one perfect being. Me. <laughs> Till all are one. That was a really great Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, or Mega or Unicron's old um, Transformers Universe profile quote: uh, "That which does not become part of the One shall become void." Yeah, May- maybe that's why he's also kind of orange, just to give a little bit of a Unicron vibe there. His whole devouring everything. Yeah, I mean, and also you know everything on Cybertron is so blue; it's a it's a big contrast. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it's like a Michael of Bay movie. Got to show that. He's- <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least it's it's got to show that he's different from a normal spark at this point. Yeah. But I, I th- and I also think that that contrasts with the regular ones being blue, which is often how silver is represented, and then gold being, you know, generally yeah. considered to be a step up from silver. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I think there there are many symbolic reasons for that. The end. So he pukes up these sparks, he's gone, and this head, without its uh, spark, is just plunging to the ground. So, yep. Even though Rattrap exhorts everybody to abandon head, which which gave me a chuckle. <laughs> yes. It was so good. Luckily, there is a manual control system in this thing, I guess just in case. Why? Well, Megatron that- isn't the... Why would he need a manual control system inside his own body? That seems I like mean, more of an opportunity to be taken advantage of. That, that does I mean, go maybe back if he to needed... Our, it goes back to our question when we were first wondering how the head got there in the first place. Did, was the head built before? Was it just something he reverse-engineered and maybe just wanted to use? That point. Or if something, say, happened to him, like, you know, just paralyzed him or something, he would probably want some way that, like, a drone could... Uh, Take over the thing before it crashed, yes. which would then yeah, kill him. That's reasonable. But yeah, I mean, Optimus it, takes the wheel. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, they they get this thing up in the air, but unfortunately, there's nothing they can do for Noble, who just dies. Which is, uh, you know, it, it's always sad when a dog dies. <laughs> it is when your pet dies, and it's it's very sad. No, I'm so sad. On the one hand, it is. On the other hand, the character who has kind of been like a husk of their former self for the entire time, dying versus all the characters on the show getting their sparks ripped out. It, the stakes of Noble dying seem lesser than the stakes that they just evaded thanks to him. Yeah. Well, yes, I mean, and, you know, so... Yeah. It's like somebody so remembering, think... oh, wait, we killed Dinobot in the previous series. Maybe we should have a death again. Who can we kill? Uh, I don't know, the character <laughs> with no personality or soul. We'll kill the dog. Well, it is also kind of like... uh you know, going going back to talking about when we watched Rebirth, uh, how there was this, you know, this, like, loophole where only someone with a specific characteristic could save the day, in this case, being only the only one with no spark could yeah. could save the day. So, yeah. 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 So, yeah, they have, a, they have a nice little funeral for him, and, uh, but unfortunately... Because there are four episodes left on this show, something else stirs on Cybertron. <gasps> it's the Flash! <laughs> well, basically, it looks uh, like the Flash zipping around. No, the other Flash. I mean, he does fight Gorilla Grodd. 
There's that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and a guy who wears yellow and runs fast. Yeah. Oh. And uh, I don't know, Rat Trap. I think you have to be Captain Cold or something. I don't know. We got a poison ivy, so this is all. And so yeah, that is it for Spark War. The siege is over. Was this really a siege? No, there, actually, there's a, definitely more of a siege in a couple episodes. <laughs> this is not a siege. No. This is an infiltration. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like sometimes they're trying a little too hard with these themed titles, and they don't actually end up being as good as they wanted them to no. be. No, but uh, yeah, so that that is it for this episode. But you know, it's it's a decent three parter. I think this one is very action heavy, and it's good action. Yeah. And it kind of sets us up for where we've got to be for the last four episodes. It introduces some crazy stuff that's going on. You also know, like that. Megatron becoming a horrifying spark vampire. Yes. Cannibal, I guess. Yeah, that was that was legitimately unsettling. Yeah. Mm. It's pretty messed up. All right, so that uh, that is it for this week. Until next week, you can find us all over the internet. We are on uh, Stasis Pod. Or, sorry, blur. Sorry, I got a text here. I missed something. Uh, sorry, we are on <laughs> Facebook. We are on Twitter, and we are on Tumblr. And we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net, uh, which hosts this podcast and the Icon Underground Radio News Podcast. Uh, we have a Patreon set up at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground uh, to help us pay for hosting and various other costs. And we are also on iTunes. And please uh, rate and review us uh, if you uh, check us out there. And if you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to uh, write into us, please drop a line into the Maxim mailbag at stasispodcast at gmail.com. So, uh, until next time, when we, uh, we plunge into the spark of darkness, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm in disbelief that they actually named an episode that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello, uh, I'm David. Somebody's amazed Why? they haven't done more pun titles like that. I mean, it is literally about a spark of darkness, so I guess that's okay. That's fair enough. On the other hand, I'm expecting it to be disappointingly not Apocalypse Nowy. Yeah, yeah so sadly, nobody's going up like a river and being confronted by like a deranged hippie. Well, it's because there's no water oh, on Cybertron, that's the problem. What like, about that stuff seen... we saw flowing previous episodes? Yeah, we've know, seen water-like is... substance. Something. Saline solutions. Fluid. Yeah, coolant. Oil of some description. 
You're my grandson. Hardly ever see you. You go, you go away on a long trip. Do you need to disappear? I'm doing a racist a- accent because I am bad at accents. I can't Aww. believe I moved to Florida. It's sunny all the time here. Far <laughs> more Russian. Oh, D and D accents can well, be. All fun. this blood is uh, filled with medications. I'm trying to do Transylvanian. Yeah, well, uh-huh. if, if you're going to do an accent in D&D, pick something simple you can stick with. Well, you know, I am uh, one-eighth Transylvanian, so I can do this <laughs> accent. I did Russian for a while. That was okay. Are you? Bad Russian. It is not a racist when I do it. Also, I think people in Transylvania are just white. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't sound Transylvanian so much as Yakov Smirnov. <laughs> Yeah, close enough. Close enough. Sort of Ukrainian. Well, it is only one eighth. I kind of expected <laughs> us to take more of a digression into the porn than we actually did, especially considering I spammed the channel with some porn. Well, we were very well behaved. Yeah. Yeah. Only one actual porn because I don't think I've drawn that much robot porn or finished any. <laughs> that one wasn't my idea, but I drew Just, it in. Uh... Trying to be a real, uh, what's his name, Soriyama? Oh, yeah, Soriyama. Yeah, no, that's, he's too shiny. Too shiny. <laughs> I don't get that reference. Um, guy who does, he did a lot of, like, heavy metal covers with, yeah. uh, voluptuous ah. robot ladies. Airbrushed, sexy, chrome women. And, oh. and there was an episode of Venture Brothers based upon his robots. Yes. Gotcha. The, well, they, they, it was Mike Soriyama who was their roommate, and I think they ended up having, like, their, his lawyer called them, and they ended up just giving him credit in the credits. Hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. That works. <coughs> yeah, they should have picked a different name. Anyway. All right, so uh, shall, we, uh, shall we start her up? Yes. We are recording. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Machines podcast. 